My heart skips skipping the beach You're not close enough So that space between you and me Let's lose it The way you're dancing Swaying to the music Girl, that body and how you move it Every time you cross my mind Girl, I lose it Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest Windy City Gridiron Radio. With you, as always, managing editor of managing editor of Windy City Gridiron, Robert Siglinski. And today, in one of the final pieces of our Bears 2018 opponents preview, we're going to talk the Buffalo Bills to help break all to help break Buffalo down. I have Eric Turner of Cover One and The Athletic Buffalo joining me. Eric, what's up? What's going on, Robert? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we've been trying to get this set up for a while now. Good to finally get it going. Good to finally get it rolling. No, definitely. I know it's been a couple of weeks. We've been trying to get this going. And uh, what better time now after the third, you know, most important preseason game, going into the fourth game, kind of that game where, um, you know, teams are starting to uh, trying to evaluate the back end of the roster where we can kind of catch up now. So I'm, I'm glad to join you today, man. Yeah, everything is essentially already set. Um, I want to lead off with that, Eric, um, or lead off with how after ending the playoff drought, um, Drafted a young quarterback, Josh Allen, who we'll get into a little bit more after this. Um, how have expectations changed, or how have they evolved? Um, how have how has everything kind of uh, gone along those lines since the end of last season? No, that's a great question because you know after 17 years of not making the playoffs and to squeak in last year, I think that this regime and Sean McDermott and general manager Brandon Bean, uh, it kind of bought them time. And, you know, especially with the drafting of Josh Allen and even some of the other guys, you know, Tremaine Edmonds uh, that, you know, eventually guys we're going to talk about that it kind of bought them time. And uh, I'd say most fans more than not are their feeling is, you know, we trust this regime. They did take us to the playoffs last year and uh, it, it bought them a little time. How much time uh, that I couldn't tell you, but I do think that uh, although we did make the playoffs last year, I think more fans than not right now are, um, aren't as optimistic I think but it's hard to it's hard to feel that way because you know we had a team that on paper last year uh across the nation everyone really didn't give the Bills a shot to make the playoffs so now that they got a taste of the playoffs and they've added more pieces um some fans are more optimistic but I think more than not think uh, expect some type of um you know fallback or um slight regression just because there's just a lot another season of a lot of turnover so um, it's, it's definitely, uh, something to keep an eye on, especially so far this preseason, it's been kind of ugly. So you're, is that like expected step back rooted in having trying to grow a young quarterback and having, having all of that roster turnover, or is it, um, is it because maybe the last year's team exceeded expectations and was accelerated the plan farther along than it was already like that, that it, they, right. they, they were farther ahead. No, I think it's a little of both. I think uh, even if you're if outside of Josh Allen, you got AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman, both guys that are inexperienced. So um, whoever does start 
it's going to be an inexperienced quarterback and they don't really have many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So I do think that does have a lot to do with what uh, fans are expecting with the growing pains and whatnot on the offensive side of the ball. Plus you're throwing in a new coordinator with a complex system and Brian Dable, you know, a guy from Alabama last year was in a college game last year and, you know, runs a complex system uh, coming from that Patriots coaching tree. So I think fans expect a lot of growing pains and I'd say, like I said, I, I think more than not aren't really expecting the playoffs, but if they can develop a young quarterback for the future, I think that's the foundation they need to set. And I think everyone has that in the back of their mind. As a slight step back, Eric, um, what was the immediate aftermath like of ending that drought? Just like from an emotional standpoint, just like take us through that and how everything, how everything uh, went and felt there. Oh, it was, it was unreal. I mean, 17 years is a long time. And, and you and I both know, like, you know, guys that cover these teams, um, that's, that's almost twice as long if, you know, to guys like us, cause we have to do work. We cover these guys every, every day. And mm-hmm. so, um, as fans, uh, some fans, you know, growing up, never even saw the bills in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, fort- I you know, I'm, I'm 35 years old, so I've seen the bills, uh, make it there. Um, but <laughs> You know, most fans haven't, and and most fans really don't know a lot of these players that were on the team uh, when they made those, uh, you know, playoff runs. So, um, but it was unreal, and like I said, I think it does carry over into this year as far as, um, you know, it it bought this regime time, and uh, I think there's a lot of trust uh, from the top down, uh, from the owners, the new owners, you know, last couple of years and uh, the, the general manager, Brandon Bean, and head coach Sean McDermott. I mean, the, he what he did with the players he had last year is quite remarkable. And so if he can build upon that, add a little more talent, keep coaching up, and keep teaching these young guys and this young foundation that they have in place, I think, uh, you know, next two years, three years, I think that's when you're going to start to see the, uh, the benefits of, you know, making the, the playoffs last year, even though it was a tough loss down in Jacksonville. Um, I think you're going to see that, you know, play part and kind of play out uh, in the next couple of years. This is Windy City Gridiron Radio. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Talking with Eric Turner of Cover One. You can follow him on Twitter at Cover underscore One underscore. And he does work there. It's a subscription website. Definitely check it out. Uh, also does work for the Athletic Buffalo as a film analyst. Um, does a lot of great work during the draft and off season. So it's not he doesn't just cover the Bills. He covers bases everywhere. Definitely worth it. And check it out, everybody. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well at Robert Zaglinski. Eric, the next piece, um, obviously drafting Josh Allen, a controversial move um, for many. What, how, what were your initial thoughts on actually making the trade up for him? It was a trade up, correct? And yeah, it, it's it's one of those things, Robert. I mean, not to cut you off. I, go ahead, I, go ahead. I, I don't think it's – I want to say it's controversial. Um, to me, uh, I had a second-round grade on Allen. Uh, I thought he had some really good strengths um, and obviously some glaring weaknesses. But at that time when they they were on the clock, I honestly thought that it was for Josh Rosen. I thought Josh Rosen was the most most polished polished uh, quarterback at that slot. And so when they went with Josh Allen, uh, was I surprised? No. Did I think it was controversial? No, it's not what I expected who who I would have drafted. But when you look at what they're trying to build on that side of the ball, um, and having, you know, a, a couple weapons in, in Charles Clay and Shady McCoy, I think, uh, if there's any time to get a, a young quarterback like that to groom, uh, with a new system and a new coordinator, uh, I do understand the pick and just, you know, Brandon Bean coming from Carolina, he was there when they drafted Cam Newton and he off the record has said that that was really his pick, not the general manager, 
um, at the time in Carolina's pick. So uh, he had a big hand in drafting Cam Newton down in Carolina. So when you look at those two side by side, Cam Newton and, and Josh Allen, uh, physic you know, physically wise, I mean, they are very similar. Uh, obviously, Cam Newton was uh, first pick uh, for a reason, and he played, you know, in a in a great conference. So their college careers aren't the same, but as far as physical measurables. I think a lot. There are a lot of um, things that they have in common, and even some of their weaknesses. They had a lot, you know, have a lot, a lot in common. So um, I want to call it controversial. Uh, probably it wasn't my initial pick or who I would have chosen, but um, you know, when you look at the history of Bean and the general manager, I think that it uh, it made sense. And you know what? He's he's surprised me thus far this preseason. You can see the vision is is what I'm gauging. You can see Absolutely. what they want with it. Um, what are the Bills going to have to do to make it work to get Allen to succeed and to develop him properly? I mean, you're already seeing kind of the glimpses of um, where it might not work. Where initially, especially with the offensive line, that was letting him get letting him get beat up a little bit against the Bengals yesterday. So, what are they going to have to do to make it work? Well, I mean, part of my report on him or my eval on Allen coming out was, you know, he's going to have those struggles and. Uh, he's got to have a run game around him. He's got to have a run game. He's got to run a lot of play action. Um, you got to, you know, get him on the move. You got to have a lot of, you know, predetermined half field reads because um, it's the game's going to move faster for him at the NFL level. And he saw that yesterday and he admitted to that yesterday, you know, the ones out there, because this is the first time he's played with the ones in a game. Yeah. So he said he admitted it at post game yesterday, he, you know, running with the ones that speed was he has a ratcheted up. So um, obviously that's going to happen when you come from Wyoming. I mean, so uh, I think it was a good test for him. And although he did take uh, and get sacked five times in that first half, man, I'll tell you what, he really showed his medal to me. He really um, still stood in there. And, uh, you know, I think you know, if, if we had access to the all 22, I think, yeah, he probably missed a couple of throws down the field. Um, but I thought that he bounced back just fine. And to me, that was a better learning tool for him, uh, than actually getting beat up. It wasn't, uh, if you remember David Carr, when he came out and he mm -hmm. was sacked, you know, a record amount of times that year. Um, I didn't see Allen respond in the same way that David Carr did, where he just wanted to escape the pocket. And most people expected Allen to do that yesterday once he took a couple under the chin. So I thought he did a really good job of hanging in there and, and keeping his composure when the offensive line was literally being walked back into his lap. So um, to be successful in the, his rookie season, if he were to play, which I right now, I don't think he starts week one. Um, I think that's Nathan Peterman's job right now. Uh, I do think Allen will play this season, but I don't think it's he's going to start week one. Uh, he's just got to have a run game. He's got to have a game plan in place that protects him, and uh, that's okay. I mean, that that happens for most rookies, especially guys coming from Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, so if Nathan Peterman start, is, starts week one, when do you think is a reasonable time to see Allen? When, do you, when would you gauge, like, will he be playing by midseason, for example, when the Bears visit Buffalo? I think there's a pretty good chance, okay? So if you look at the first quarter of the season, the Bills open up at Baltimore. Uh, they play the Chargers at home. They go on the road at Minnesota, on the road at Green Bay. All right, so that's the first quarter of the season. Those are pretty tough uh, travel travel games and uh, defenses that he's playing uh, the, the first quarter of the season. So um, if the Bills were to come out 1-3, and 0-4, um, in that first quarter of the season, I could see the Bills making a change uh, that following uh, uh, week five against Tennessee at home. Um, I'd say right now that's where I would, I think uh, the best spot to 
um, you know, kind of put him in there. He gets to, you know, see that what it takes to be a pro, you know, what it takes to prepare for um, a game. Obviously, that this week was his first real shot at doing that. Um, and it, but it was still the preseason. I didn't really see too much actual complex or um, game plan type scheme by Brian Dable. He didn't really show much. So I think that first quarter of the season, uh, maybe week five, would be my first guess uh, this early in the preseason for his shot to get um, a chance to start. Not to dwell too much on the guy that isn't the official starter yet by any means, as you just said, it's going to be Nathan Peterman. Yeah. But um, he is the first-round pick. He is the future. So when when Allen does get in, Eric, um, what in your mind is a successful rookie season for him? So that can mean a statistical line. That can mean how – just like just how in general how he plays when you watch him on film. What is a successful 2018 rookie season for Allen, however many games he starts? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, project stats or anything like that because yeah. there's just too many variables for me. Um, I, like I said, the way he handles himself, um, you know, just little things. I know it's coach speak when they say, you know, getting in and out of the huddle, calling the plays, um, his pre-snap checks and audibles, which is stuff that we saw, uh, you know, we saw glimpses of this preseason. He does have control and command of the offense, which is, uh, that's good. I, I just, you want to see him um, continue to build on the little things of, you know, pre-snap reads, the pre to post-snap reads, um, getting the ball out of his hands. Cause the, you know, there were a few plays this preseason where he held the ball and, you know, that's where he, you know, thrived at Wyoming is extending plays outside of the pocket. Um, he's shown this preseason that he can extend plays within the pocket. And you, you, you even saw that yesterday when he was getting sacked. So, um, you know, just little things like that, managing the pocket, managing the game, um, you know, lean on the guys that he does have, because, uh, although there's not much top tier talent at the skill positions and even across the offensive line, uh, you want to see him handle himself mentally well uh, on the field. You know, when it comes to reads and progressions, and just get the ball out of his hands. Don't take unnecessary hits, um, like you know some of those hits that we saw yesterday, where he was trying to extend the play, gets outside of the pocket when there was pressure, and he smacks his head off the turf. You know, as he was tackled. So you you, you want to minimize those things. You want to minimize that hero ball that he played at Wyoming, and that's something again he's shown um, pretty well outside of that first game when you saw that video of him on fourth down, you know, and almost making uh, a dumb play and throwing it to the other team along the near sideline. Um, that video went viral. You don't yeah. want to see him make plays like that. So if you if you can minimize that, I think Allen is just fine uh, so far this preseason. I think that that'll be really the determining factor on, on how well he played in his first year. The Bills' other first-round pick is a nice segue. Tremaine Edmonds, another um... – I guess raw talent in comparison to other polished guys. How has he looked so far this summer? Um, and what are your expectations for him? Uh, this guy, I mean, he's going to have growing pains too. He's 20 years old. All right. And he's, he's going to be, he's at a Mike linebacker in a very complex defense. Um, in, in uh, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's defense. So he's got a lot on his plate. You got to think about, you know, the Luke Keekleys of the world, what they asked of Luke. They're asking the same thing of Tremaine Edmonds, but they're doing it and throwing him in there into the fire right away. And obviously Edmonds, when it comes to read and diagnosing um, offenses right now, he is not going to, he's not on the level of Luke Keekley. Let's get that straight. So he's going to have growing pains. Uh, but with that said, the guy is a quick learner. He's mature. He's a smart guy. He, he, he's a guy that you're going to see, um, you know, rectify his mistakes. He makes early in a game, early in a season, uh, you know, the next drive 
or the next game. He, he you can see it. You can see it on film, and that is um, that is awesome to see. So I can only imagine uh, on on how smart he is in the the meeting room. You know when they're watching film. Uh, but he's got all all the talent in the world. You know, everyone says that with him. He can run. Uh, he's got the length. He's got the height. I mean, he really is a freak of nature, Robert. He really is. And so uh, will he have his uh, issues? Yes, he'll have those issues where, you know, he'll read um, a, a run fit incorrectly or he'll take a bad angle. But you won't see it again later in the game if they show that same place. So that, to me, is encouraging. And if you guys are big draft Knicks out there um, you, and you watched and paid attention to Edmonds coming out of college at Vod Tech last year. You saw those struggles early on in the season of diagnosing, but you saw it by the end of the year. He had tightened that up. So I expect big things from Edmonds, and um, I do expect him to be in the conversation for Defensive Rookie of the Year. There was a lot of talk. Um, obviously, you just said that he's going to feature mostly as Mike, but there was um, some talk about Edmonds occasionally be occasionally lining up as an edge rusher, occasionally being a pass rusher, and in, a, in some situations, do the Bills have any plans for him like that? Maybe maybe not early, but is that something you could see down the line? Uh, as an edge rusher, no, I don't think he will be. I think they will blitz him from his inside backer position. Okay. Uh, during training camp, uh, down at camp, I did not see them show any of those kind of looks as an edge rusher, two point or three point stance. Um, he is too important at the mic position. He is too important in coverage to be sending him on blitzes. He just covers so much ground in the middle of the field. And Sean McDermott's philosophy ever since he uh, coached down in, in Carolina has defend the middle of the field. And when you play in a division uh, like you know with the Patriots and with the Finns who like to spread you out, a lot of three-by-one sets, a lot of spread concepts, he's too important in coverage, and he covers too much ground in coverage to be sending him on a blitz. Okay. Moving over, Eric, uh, what is one underrated area of the Bills roster that you think doesn't get enough attention nationally on a, on a wide scale? Uh, I mean, they're really, when you look at them on paper, uh, they look rough and there's a reason why, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason why the national media is, you know, being very diff- hard on them as far as predictions go and looking at the roster. Um, but I do think, uh, when it comes to underrated, I don't know if you can say that their secondary is underrated anymore because I think that they re- did a really good job last year. Uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde at safety, Trey White in his first year played phenomenal and obviously was in the conversation for defensive rookie year. And some people believe he was kind of gypped of that um, of that award. But uh, nonetheless, I think that secondary um, has had struggles this preseason. But I think that once they settle in on defense, you know, after the first couple games, I think that they're going to be another um, another uh, have another season that they're talked about as, you know, okay, maybe we were underrating them because last year they were severely underrated and you saw them, um, you know, do really good things as far as creating turnovers and getting interceptions last year. So if I had to pick one, I still think the secondary is still overlooked a little bit, but I think they are garnering a little more respect this year as opposed to last. Yeah. I'll be honest too. I actually forgot that today, like, just I forgot about Tre'Davious White altogether until you just said I'm like oh yeah they, they had they had one of the best corners last year. So on that note, actually, um, what is White's next step? Do you do you see him elevating into one of those top five, top ten? Like I I I, I know it's cliche, but like Tre'Davious White Island, like one of those corners. <laughs> I don't think he's that kind of cornerback. I don't think he's a guy that you're just going to lock up 
an opposing best receiver. I think that he is so his thing is consistency. His technique is so good. His eye discipline, uh, you know, when in, he's playing zone is so good. When he's playing man, he can he can he can run with the guys. Don't get me wrong, but I think he his game is consistency. He's gonna have uh, a consistent game. He'll give up a couple plays here and there more times than not. That's underneath. I know he was taken advantage of yesterday uh, versus AJ Green, but that's nothing new, as you know, uh, from AJ Green. But AJ I think Green will do that to anybody. That's anybody, crazy. anybody. But I do think that. Davius White's strength is his consistency and his technique. So I don't think he's an island guy. I don't think there are many of those anymore as far as I'm concerned. But I do think that he can still maintain the level he played at last year. He's still going to get his opportunities. He just needs to get his hands on a couple more balls and turn them into interceptions because he did get his hands on a lot of balls last year. Uh, He just needs to turn those into interceptions. Next progression. Eric, what is the one area that concerns you the most about the Bills roster? Their Achilles heel. Uh, I, I'll see. I'll say two because uh, I think we saw them on full display yesterday, uh, and one of them has to do with Tre'Davious White in that secondary. Because if they can't get a pass rush up front, that D line is not producing a pass rush like yesterday, where Andy Dalton and Matt Barkley are having three plus seconds to throw a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be an issue regardless of who you have on the back end. So defensive line and that pass rush scares me. I think that they did enough. Uh, by adding Trent Murphy, Star Latule, you know, obviously Tremaine Edmonds is factored in in that front seven to stop the run. Uh, but what we need to see now is how they can affect the passer. And that doesn't o- always mean getting sacks because uh, more times than not, creating disruption, creating pressures can affect the quarterback more times than a sack. So uh, I do need to see more out of the pass rush. And then quickly, offensive side of the ball, that offensive line. Yeah. And they're and their pass blocking was atrocious yesterday. And and I'll throw the disclaimer out there. The Bengals defensive line is not only talented, but they're deep. So that first and second wave uh, of, of defensive talent along that D line is really good. And it showed uh, against these starters uh, of the Buffalo Bills offensive line. So that needs to uh, obviously improve too, because the Bills just don't have the talent. I don't think those five sacks on Allen yesterday were because of um, scheme. I think that, Purely the offensive line talent, uh, the lack of talent showed, and the one-on-ones were lost by those guys. So I'd say offense, defensive line is my biggest concern. Uh, how so with that offensive line? How big or how much of a shock was it to lose Eric Wood to his neck injury and, and whatnot? Was that is that something that maybe that they're still dealing with? That's part of why they're they're struggling so much or might struggle so much. Oh, hands down. I mean, you lose Eric Wood. Obviously, he's manned that center position for years. Uh, you lose Richie Incognito, pro bowler at left guard. Um, and then you throw in three inexperienced quarterbacks. And if you guys go to the Athletic, if you're a subscriber, um, I had a film session with Eric Wood, and we broke down some of the, the concepts and blocking and what responsibilities uh, centers have uh, from the time they break the huddle to the, you know, when the whistle blows. And you, you come to realize that uh, it's an important position, and more times than not, uh, you really don't understand how much responsibility these centers have. So when you throw in three quarterbacks who don't much have experience and you have two centers in uh, 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 Ryan Groy, who's uh, in competition with Russell Bodine, uh, you know, guys that uh, Bodine has a lot of experience. Groy doesn't. But right now, from the looks of it, it looked like Groy was actually being considered as the starter or was at least ahead in that competition. That's that's tough. I mean, you're replacing a center, a guy that's been a mainstay for many years, 
and who has worked with, um, you know, some of these guys on the offensive line. So it definitely took, you can see that it's, it's going to be, a, uh, uh, an issue. Um, but they need to shirt sure up pretty quickly because week one's coming. So they need to f- settle in on who their starter is, who they're at the center and quarterback and get those reps in because week one's coming. To the division, Eric, um, we're, I mean, it's going to be difficult as the Patriots are still somehow chugging along, but they're probably likely near the end of their run. Um, what is your ideal timeline for the bills becoming relevant and becoming consistent rather than not, not necessarily relevant. I mean like consistent contenders again, more than likely going to coincide with, for example, Josh Allen's draft classmate, Sam Darnold with the jets that might become a, a cons- that, that rivalry might really be re, uh, reignited in um, as like a at the forefront of the next few years. What is your ideal timeline to become a consistent contender again? Well, we would hope that you know Allen and Darnold are the two guys that are battling out for division titles over the next decade. But until Tom Brady retires, until those Patriots uh, stop winning consistently, we're you know everyone in our division is vying for uh, a wild card spot. So <laughs> I there's just no uh, Belichick and Brady dominate not just the league but they dominate our division they're i just, appreciate the i appreciate the honesty i was i was wondering what you would say yeah, yeah man I, there's just no way as far as i'm concerned until they are not there anymore uh it's it's wild card year in and year out regardless of how allen and darnold develop i think uh until those two guys are out of our division um yes it'd be a nice storyline uh years down the line allen versus darnold because they're best friends too uh, so that'll be fun down the line. And I think even even if it, we're not talking division titles, if you're just talking just matchups head-to-head, that's going to be a fun matchup for the next decade anyway. So, uh, But until the Patriots are actually out of it and Brady and Belichick aren't there, I, I'm not even considering uh, a competition in our division. I'm just having like visions of like a 46-year-old Tom Brady barely throwing passes and the Patriots still somehow winning 13 or 14 games based off of what you just said. Like, yep. Yeah, that's... It's it's tough, and, and then, you know we've been dealing with. There's a reason why we haven't done anything in our division for 17 years, and more times than not, it leads back to Brady and Belichick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the common connection. Uh, to the draft, Eric. Um, aside from Allen and Edmonds, Harrison Phillips, Ter- uh, Taron Johnson. Uh, I, I'm forgive me if I don't pronounce this right. Saran Neal. Uh, Wyatt Teller, Ray Ray McLeod, Austin Pro. What what are you what are what are the rest of your impressions from that draft class um, when they were selected and then and now through the preseason? Well, I mean, we're already seeing uh, some of those benefits of drafting those guys because they were drafted to you know compete and play. So we talked about Allen and Edmonds, but the third round pick they went with Phillips and uh, Kyle Williams got banged up uh, in week two of the preseason. Um, he got rolled up on and he appears like he'll be all ready to play. He's not in a cast or anything like that. Um, but Phillips was, uh, you know, drafted as more of a nose tackle as a backup, as a depth guy behind star Latula. But, um, he has shown that he's got a little more quickness than what most of us saw in college. And even down at the senior bowl, I thought he looked quicker at the senior bowl. I don't think he's an ideal three tech, uh, at all, but with, when Kyle Williams went down, Phillips got to play at three tech and uh, I talked about the pass rush and the lack of it uh, yesterday and this preseason. Uh, part of that is because they didn't have Kyle Williams and they don't have much, much depth as far as three tech, uh, you know, penetrating defensive tackles go uh, with the, you know, fourth round pick. They went to Ron Johnson, obviously coming from Weber state. It's, it was an adjustment early on, but he's another guy that just, 
Uh, he's got the willingness to, to tackle and compete from that slot corner position. Uh, what I needed to see from him is him to show progress in uh, diagnosing and, and keeping his eye discipline in zone coverages because the Bills play a lot of zone. And I, I've seen that so far. Another piece I did last week was on Teron Johnson up at the Athletic. If you guys want to check that out. Um, I think he, uh, he's been battling with Philip Gaines for that slot corner position. And I think he's just about won it. Um, and that's a tough position. Uh, uh, as you know, Robert, it's, it's one of those positions that, um, you're on the fringe of the box every play. So you gotta be able to tackle, yeah. you know, you're, you're the glue between the linebacker coverage and the safeties coverage of the defensive backs. So the communication by a, a slot corner is usually the glue and, and the important, uh, piece to any coverage that's being run on pass down. So I think he's played pretty well and he might've, might've just, you know, locked up that position, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Saran Neal, he's been buried on the depth chart. Our safety is, we're actually pretty deep at safety. So he's a guy that they drafted as a safety. The guy played corner, safety, linebacker. He played everything at Jacksonville State. Mm. He's raw, though, a big hitter, good tackler. Uh, he's just been buried in the under the depth chart. But I think he's a guy that they're looking to develop long-term to kind of play that hybrid linebacker safety role when they want to go big nickel. Um, so I think he's a developmental guy. Wyatt Teller. Uh, from Virginia Tech, offensive guard. Uh, he's had a lot of time with the second stringers this preseason. I do think that he eventually is going to be developed to play guard. And with the way Vlad Dukas played yesterday, don't be surprised if they, <laughs> they, they don't start rotating him in with the ones, which they haven't yet. But with the way that offensive line played yesterday, I think this coaching staff has to send a message. And T Teller's been a pretty good pass blocker in his career at, at Vod Tech. I think he's still struggling with the mental side of of the game when it comes to this complex offense and protections that go involved and that are involved with this offense. So I think eventually he, he's another guy that, um, you know, kind of like the staff's philosophy. They like to bring these rookies along slowly uh, and, and most of the time. So I think he's a guy who could probably play um, in the next few weeks if, if they continue the struggle at that guard position. Funny that you mentioned Vlad Dukas. We're familiar with him in Chicago. <laughs> never, it's never, never really worked out. Um, oh, I mean, never, think about never. this. You, you, you know, Bears fans know, obviously, um, know him, but what about Jordan Mills? I mean, you guys know oh, Jordan God, Mills, too. Oh, He's our right oh. tackle, guys. So you guys understand the growing pains that we're going through along the offensive line. Oh, yeah. Now, now, you've, now you've perfectly put it into perspective. I'm talking with Eric Turner of Cover One and the Athletic Buffalo. Eric, now to free agency. The big two names that I see here, just looking it up immediately again. Um, Starlo Tulele, the defensive tackle, and Trent, and Trent Murphy, outside linebacker. Um, again, same kind of thing with the draft and expectations for them. How have they looked so far? Um, I mean, Star got paid, for being frank, five years, $50 million, So I would imagine they expect him to be uh, a, a very impactful player. Yeah, I mean, I think they had to overpay uh, for a guy like that, for a nose tackle, because – um, they obviously know him inside and out coming from Carolina uh, in Starla Tulele. So they know his character. They know his work ethic. They know his intelligence. Uh, but they needed a guy that could occupy um, and keep these linebackers, these young linebackers and Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Guys, Milano's only in his second year, a very aggressive, um, you know, reactive linebacker. If you, if you guys watch Thomas Davis in Carolina, he's kind of that same mold where he's going to be out of position sometimes. Uh, former safety, though, very athletic. 
Um, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds with his athleticism. They need to keep these guys clean. If they need those guys uh, to make plays, they got to keep them clean. And I think they had to overpay a little bit uh, to get star. Um, but so far this preseason, stars struggled a little bit. He's um, he struggled to um, anchor and, and, and uh, against double teams. You know, uh, usually those D tackles when they see a double or a combo block coming, they're you know they're taught to drop their knee, drop to their knee, and just stand put, stay put. You know, and be stout, and so that you know the linebackers shoot gaps and make plays. He struggled a little bit uh, so far this preseason, but. Um, I think eventually the the run fits and the run issues that that they experienced last year. I think the Bills defense will um, kind of alleviate alleviate some of that uh, concern uh, versus the run. So Trent Murphy, man, he's he's an un, he's an unknown. He's a wild card. He's honestly a guy who really hasn't even taken live reps so far this preseason. And coming off an injury, um, he's he kind of tweaked. Uh, I think he had a soft tissue injury so far this preseason. He hasn't played yet, so he's a guy they're expecting to. Um, overtake Shaq Lawson, who has struggled as a pass rusher um, since being drafted. So Murphy is a little more balanced in that department. He can rush the passer. He can. Um, he's got better hand usage. Is able to transition from run to pass, where uh, you know a lot of teams want to play action us and shoot. You know, passes up over the second level with our athletic linebackers. Get those guys downhill and those run gaps and throw it behind them. Um, he's a guy that can j- transition from uh, run to pass and get to the quarterback, but. You got to be available to play. And that's one of the things that this regime has always preached. And so far, Murphy has not been available and he's not had live game reps. So uh, his, early on, I think he's going to be a sub package rotational guy. So, uh, and they paid him. Uh, you mentioned it. They paid him some decent money uh, to come to Buffalo. So he's still to be determined uh, on, on the type of value you're getting from that guy. So it sounds like it's um, a high. Not necessarily high risk, but it's it's a high bet, and w- where um, there might not be an immediate payoff, and it's uh, kind of hoping for the best. I I I, I don't want to mince words. Is, is, is am, I, am I gauging that correctly based off what you just said? Yeah, I, I think they're they're looking at upside. Um, they're looking and and, and counting on. Uh, you know, coaching and teaching. The staff's big on teaching. They want teachers. Uh, they want those coaches to teach these young players uh, how to play the game, how to be a pro, and to learn from their mistakes. I think that that is what you know they showed last year, and they got the the most out of a lot of guys that um, you know that weren't counted on. And Micah Hyde called them the misfits. Um, a lot of guys that were brought in uh, off the street through the draft, guys that weren't counted on. Uh, from these other teams, but they were taught and put in the position to succeed. I think they're expecting uh, and and hoping that a lot of these free agents that they brought in will get another shot and and, and seize that opportunity. And I think that they're again they're hoping that these young guys are going to grow into the roles that they need them. I know uh, finishing or starting to finish up. That is, I know the Bills and Bears play in that fourth fifth preseason game this Thursday, but we're not really going to talk about that because that's more bottom roster, as we, as we said at the top of the show. I want to talk about the matchup. Um, it's very responsible to talk about a regular season matchup two months before it even starts, two months before any games have been played. That's, it's a very responsible thing to do. But we're <laughs> going to do it anyway. Bear, Bears are visit, the Bears are visiting the Buffalo on November 4th. Uh, Eric, what is one area that Chicago should be concerned about in that in that matchup? Oh man, I think uh, your guys' roster on paper. I think what you've guys done on offense uh, with Nagy and the talent you guys brought in on um, both sides of the ball. Obviously, I'm a big uh, 
uh, Roquan fans. So uh, on paper, you guys have all the talent. Uh, I think that is a scary game. If you look at it side by side, Bills versus the Bears, I think that it's uh, – I, I don't see one thing on paper right now this early in the, in the year where the Bills actually have the upper hand, honestly, hands down, talent-wise. You guys have it. So um, obviously injuries do occur and things are going to change by the time we get to um, November. Um, but, I mean, I couldn't tell – I can't see anything on paper right now, Robert, that – uh, screams that you guys should be worried. I think you you should be comfortable uh, uh, looking at it right now, this early in the season, that you guys should be getting a W there. But again, things happen, things change. Who knows what happens by the time the first week of November rolls around, man? See, that's the thing. That, that's like I see that game in Buffalo as like the Bears are still a young team. Like, is that being like, you know, them having to let down and like that secondary having a few picks of like potentially having a few, a few, few picks of Trubisky and the offense being out of whack. Like I see that as like not necessarily a trap game, but like the, these bears are on paper. Like they, they, they're, they're all on paper. They haven't earned anything yet. So when I look at something like as Buffalo, like for a team that's returned, a, I mean, a good core of, of, of a roster that made the playoffs last year. Like I don't, I'm not necessarily anointing the bears yet, if that makes sense. No, I hear you. And again, a lot of things can change, but, uh, and yeah, maybe it is traveling to Buffalo. I don't think the weather have, would have turned yet then. Uh, Cause usually that wind and, and weather, it works in our favor, but you guys are coming from Chicago. So it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Basically the same thing. it's not much of a difference. So um, usually, you know, that later in the year, those type of things do, you know, kind of help the bills and kind of equalize the talent, but I'm looking at your roster now. Dude, honestly, uh, you guys are pretty stacked and yeah, they haven't earned anything, but I think uh, you know, when you just look at the offensive side of the ball and what Nagy can do and what uh, I expect from him and uh, Fangio still the D coordinator on defense, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, and he's, I mean, he's good. He's going to bring that pressure. Um, and you guys have some decent players on that side of the ball. So uh, I, I don't see it as a trap game. I don't see it setting up as that uh, for the bears. I just see a, a wealth of talent going up against, uh, you know, a team that probably isn't that much uh, as talented on paper. Um, but uh, again, a lot of things can change. And and um, and I, I've been saying this to Bills fans after that game yesterday and how we were completely outmatched by the Bengals, uh, first, second, and third stringers uh, on any given Sunday, right? Uh, on yeah. any given Sunday, anything can, can happen where we may have looked like we were a mismatch versus the Bengals yesterday, but maybe first week in November, they are have things ironed out. And by then that, you know, I'm, the matchups don't look as bad as they, they do right now. So you just never know on any given Sunday. I know it's cliche, but it's so true in the league. It's the league's the game, it's a game of matchups. And so you just never know week to week. All right. So you're saying that you don't really see an advantage the Bills could exploit. So what is the uh, that it's an easy segue. What is the one area that can that you see at the Bears roster that will give the Bear, the Bills the most trouble uh, that you look at? I, I think the receivers, you just meant you know to the receivers. Is that something? Uh, I, I want to say the receivers, I, I because I think our secondary is pretty solid. Um, I think the I think the scheme, how they scheme up uh, some of those matchups. Uh, if you get a couple of receivers or even tight ends um, versus some of the linebackers, I think the scheme. I love Nagy's scheme. I'll, I'll say that uh, I love Nagy's scheme. I love you know where he came from and his coaching tree. Obviously, he has a pretty close ties in to McDermott uh, coming from that Andy Reid coaching tree. But I love the way he schemes up his talent. I think he's one of uh, he's been one of the better uh, offensive minds. I think he's getting his shot now uh, again uh, in, in running the show. So I'm kind of excited about that. But 
Uh, I think schematically, I think uh, they can do some special things on both sides of the ball and, and, and talking about the Bears, um, where they can create some mismatches and exploit some mismatches. Um, so, and, and with the talent that the Bills have on the offensive side of the ball and the struggles that I expect, I think Fangio can just, I mean, he can just create pressure and, uh, that's going to, you know, lead to turnovers, lead to sacks. I think that's just going to be a, um, a storyline or narrative for the Bills offense this entire year. So, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough year for the Bills. Um, I, I'm not big on predictions as far as, you know, win loss record, but I do expect uh, a lot of growing pains this year. So you're saying they're going to go in 16, essentially, very responsible in August. Wow, Eric. Yeah, come on, no, never, never say that. No, I'll never say that. <laughs> uh, to finish up, Eric, so we, as we said at the top of the show, roster cuts through this through this week, um, practice squad candidates. But eventually, I imagine you're going to get, like, one last breather before we're in the thick of the regular season. One, like, what are how are you going to spend that last, like, like pure moment of like non-football time. I, I imagine you'll take you'll 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 step away for a moment, like especially since this be, this will be Labor Day weekend. I I wish that were true, Robert. I wish that were true. Oh, my, wish, okay, my, well, my, okay. My off season's over already. It is. It's over. Uh, I've had my <laughs> vacation. Um, because you got to think about this. I mean, obviously, I run Cover One dot net. Um, so I have ten writers. Uh, we have you know we cover X's and O's. We cover commentary. We cover bottom of the end roster stuff. We do a lot of different things. We guys we have guys that cover not just the Bills, but we have guys that cover the Cowboys and Giants. So, um, I, my my off season's over. Um, you're, you're still going to see me probably break down some of that film from the fourth preseason game. Um, oh, well, I'm going to do that too. I mean, like on Labor Day, you're going to a few beers, sling back a few beers something like that. Like even something as simple as that. Oof, uh, probably, probably not. I hope so. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope <laughs> yeah. so, Robert. I, it's enough, hard, man. It's hard to project that. I mean, I'm not a projection guy. Like I said, no. Um, I, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I have a couple of drinks, but, um, I mean, this, I got cover one, I got the athletic. And then, like I said, man, this is not my, this is not my first time. This is not my day job. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in law enforcement, so I, I still have a day job. I don't do this for a living. This is a side gig for me. So, um, uh, I'm a border patrol agent and, during the day, and then I do, you know, film and stuff uh, on my off time. So, uh, it's hard to have an off season now, is you know, even though it is the fourth preseason game and and Labor Day, but it's always a grind. But I mean, this isn't really work, right, man? This is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun stuff. Eric, thanks for hopping on. I know it took us a while to get this going, but it was. Really appreciate it. It was had a good time. Hey, I expect to do this during the season, Robert. Thanks for having me on, man. And it's going to be a, a fun year. Hey, football's back. Football is back for sure. That is that is music to my ears. We'll definitely do it again in November. He is Eric Turner of Cover One. You can follow him on Twitter at Cover underscore One underscore, and he does great film work for the Athletic Buffalo as well. Uh, subscribe because, as he just noted, he does. They, they don't just cover the Bills. They cover the Cowboys. They cover the Giants. They do draft work across the board. Really great insight. Definitely subscribe to Cover One and definitely check out Eric's work at The Athletic. You can follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. And as always, stay classy, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat 
from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.